Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, and welcome back, Ward. Are you mad at me? Oh, you seemed you seemed really like to like me not saying hello, Eric, back last week. You seemed to really like the silence. You listened to it? Yeah, I listened to it. <laughs> Only because I wanted to hear what Jakai had to say. Yeah, well, that's fair. Did you were you you should have gone on pigs and asked, when does the Jakai interview start? Somebody <laughs> give me the time code. I don't want to listen to the preamble. If if I'm being honest and not bitter, um, uh, it's a real nice flow when it's just you. There's none of the awkward stepping on each other. Um, the bad jokes, you move past them a lot faster. You know, you're not waiting on laughter that doesn't come. Um, no, you did a great job. Uh, it was it was a really, really interesting interview with the kid that, you know, we were so impressed with the, the first time we got to talk to him. And for for it being so long since he's played competitive basketball, truly, besides those couple weeks in high school, it says something to his mental fortitude that he's still so positive, you know, wants to come talk about it. And I I just hope that sooner rather than later, but even if it's later, that that's a kid we're going to be able to see on the court because it's tantalizing what a healthy no, it brings to the program. I agree, and we're going to talk to our guest today a little bit about that. So we'll we'll save the Jakai conversation for that and for for our wrap up. Um, I did not like doing the show without you. I didn't. I felt self conscious. I and and the truth is, like, I've done it before. I I think maybe one other time I did a I think a Brian Snow interview in our first year without yes. you. Yes, that felt better than this one. This one we have so fused together that <laughs> that we are um, a two-legged stool, which makes sense because a two-legged stool will fall over. But <laughs> but we are a two-legged stool, and I did not enjoy the process of doing it without you. I I missed you, and I am glad you are back, and I am glad 
because we can go and say that we are powered by communitycars.com the hardest part of last week was editing the thing. I didn't know what I was doing. I had to ask you to send me files, including that wonderful rendition of communitycars.com. You know what I loved about you sending me that was when we're back in Indiana and we're driving around, we're playing Melon Camp, we're playing different versions of Back Home in Indiana, including Straight No Chaser, and having it right there at the ready on my phone. I hadn't just like cranked the Community Cars jingle in the car with the whole family. So I was just like, oh man, we are about to jam on this banger. And it was it was really fun to share that with, with the kiddos in the car back in the great state of Indiana. Love that. Um, and Community Car is an incredible partner, been an incredible partner for us for a while now. Incredible partner to Indiana University Athletics as a whole. Incredible partner to the HHNIL.com Collective. They are a sponsor of the Fantasy Weekend that is coming up, and we'll talk about that in, a, in just a minute. But bottom line, you know their slogan, don't be a jackass. Buy your car from communitycars.com. Evan has not told me to stop using that yet. So until he does, that's what it's going to be. It's just the best way to get your car. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Speaking of jackasses, you know who's also back this week? No. Daryl. Is Did Daryl go? Was Daryl? Because I tried finding Daryl last week. I know. He was Did he go with you on your trip? Unexpectedly. It was like, really? we get onto the flight, guess who's behind me? Oh, I thought it would be Daryl flying it. No, no, no. Nobody wants to be in a plane being flown by Daryl. No, he was back. He was in the back row by the toilets, like the row sure. that doesn't lean back he, yeah. on the aisle seat. I think he was just sniffing the fumes from the toilet. And Daryl, I understand, like when he went to the bathroom, he's the guy who could not figure out, is it a push or pull situation? Correct. Right? He, he spent five minutes with that. Daryl... How was the trip back to Indiana with the Roberts family? Oh, man, we had a great time. Just me and the fam. What was your favorite part of the trip? Just being with Ward and his family. He wasn't with us. Oh, he wasn't with you. I mean, he was around like we'd go to the, the Circus City Festival, like yeah. we'd go get a pork, pork breaded tenderloin and, and he'd be there. He's just really hard to shake. What? Nothing, Daryl. Daryl, had you ever been to the circus before? Well, yeah, my parents are circus people. Well, technically, carnies. See, so, uh, carnies. Yeah. What, well, Daryl? What did they? Uh, what was their specialty at the carnival? Pork bread tenderloin. They're they're really good. So they, your parents, Daryl, would make pork bread tenderloin. That was their their specialty at the carnival at the circus. They just drop them in the deep fryer. I feel like the longer we go with it, at some point there'll be a great button, and and there never no. is. There no. never is. <laughs> there never is. All right, let's talk about the fantasy weekend ward. We're about three weeks away. Uh, we've got tickets for Fan Fest. Who's your fantasy experience.com. Get your tickets to Fan Fest. You get pictures and autographs with the players before and after. We're we're going to try to be a little bit more organized with the autograph sessions before and after. We've got the first time. It's your first time to see this team. Your first time to see Mackenzie Mbako in an Indiana uniform. Your first time to see Khalil Ware. 
I and and I'm telling you, and I was waiting to hear because I don't think we talked about it that it was confirmed that again they will scrimmage this year because I think the two two big draws are getting to interact personally, get autographs, pictures with both the men's and the women's team, but then just to get to see all these new dudes mixing it up on the court together in a scrimmage. You know what we need that we haven't had before? Mm. We need a t-shirt cannon. Ooh. Right? We need a t-shirt cannon. We'll shoot out Hoosier Hysterics t-shirts. Yes, we can finally get rid of all of those from the 2019 Bluebird event. <laughs> if, if you go to any sporting event and there's a t-shirt cannon, grown adults lose their shit trying to catch a t-shirt right they'll knock over children and old people they go nuts something (laughs) cracks loose in every adult's head that they have to get the t-shirt and and they prize the t-shirt like they won something so great our t-shirt cannons will be the first time that people throw the t-shirts back (laughs) (laughs) i can just imagine we got a t-shirt cannon and we shoot it (laughs) off and people just watch it sail by Two people grab it at the same time instinctually and then just try to push it on each other instead of rip it away. Take it. So really looking forward to it. Fantasy camp. uh, I have not touched a basketball since last year's fantasy camp. I have been trying. Yeah, you and I are going to be terrible. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to play because of my foot, but I am trying to lose weight and trying to get in shape. I've been doing it for a while. So I feel like. I've got a shot at at least running up and down the court, but I don't know how that's going to go. See, I feel good talking to you about it because I'm the same way. I'm, I've am i been on the treadmill jogging, doing that sort of thing. Zero basketball activity whatsoever. Zero. But I talked to Evan Martin the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm playing like two, three times a week. I'm like, well, damn it. And you're and I- he already has so many more uh, gifts and talents and size to begin with. Oh, and he's practicing basketball. This sucks. And he's like, He's like, I'm coming to win this thing. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. Like, he's so competitive. He's like, what? It's not worth doing unless you're going to try to win. I'm like, I'm just trying to not have a, a massive injury. That's what I'm trying not to have. I just want my only interactions with Tim Garl to be conversational. Do you? Did you hit a jump shot last year? I mean, I hit a bucket. I don't remember how it happened, though. Okay. Um, I did not hit a three last year, which was very disappointing to me. I would like to hit one three if I could. I got to take at least one charge and I got to hit a three. But I'm very excited for the fan fest, for fans to be able to interact with this team. The women's team is going to be part of the autograph sessions before and after. And it's one of the best college basketball programs in the country. Mackenzie Holmes is going to be another first team All-American preseason, I'm sure, and and a candidate to be player of the year. She's incredible. Uh, my guess is that she gets drafted in the WNBA after next year, which will be awesome to see two years in a row, two women, you know, starting with Grace and now Mackenzie. Uh, Sydney Parrish is poised for a big season. It's just going to be awesome. Uh, Yarden Garzon is back. That's one of the best freshmen in the entire country. They're going to, uh, Yarden actually won't be part of the autograph session, but the rest of the team will be there. I'm so excited. Do we have confirmation that Indiana legend Calvert Chaney will be there? I can't, I don't want to fully say anything yet because I don't know what Calbert's weekend schedule is, but the whole staff will be there. So we're working, 
on that confirmation. And hopefully by next week, we can confirm what Calbert Cheney's involvement will be. Do you want Daryl to call Calbert and have no. a conversation? Okay. No. If there is one thing for sure I know is that I don't want Daryl to ever talk to anyone outside of this podcast. Fair. Fair. Um, um, so look, yes. uh, not well, a lot of basketball news. Well, no, there's not a lot of basketball news, but you know how I spent my morning. This morning? This morning, yeah. You know how I spent this morning? In, in therapy? I don't, what? I don't know. No, no. You you know that I had to reschedule that because oh, of I our interview. I thought maybe you rescheduled it for the morning. I don't know. No. Well, one, my wife is out of the country, so I was waking up children, making lunches, driving them to orthodontist appointments and to camp. But the whole time, I'm ignoring them completely. I'm not saying two words to them because for two straight hours on Capitol Hill, lawmakers from oh. both sides of the political divide, polar ends of the political spectrum, in lockstep interviewing three incredible witnesses about UFOs. Just remember, everybody. Are we calling them UFOs now again? UAPs, UFOs, it's interchangeable. There's okay. stigma with UFOs, but UAPs is is the, the Pentagon's official term. But you had Congress people up there saying UFOs. I'm telling you, people, I think today now it's no longer like, oh, Jesus. It's I'm just hearing about this thing from Ward. Every major news website, news station, it's here. They're here. Our government's starting to tell us about it. Yeah, so from what I gather, our government is focused on UAPs and UFOs mm -hmm. and putting forth three different NIL bills, <laughs> which is what's happening. I haven't I haven't I haven't seen that hearing, but no, there, there's three bills that have been presented within the last 48 hours from really? senators and congressmen. Yes, about NIL. Is it bipartisan? Yeah, one of the bills definitely is two senators from different part from Republican and Democratic parties. I can't remember who the sponsors are of the other bills, but yes, I believe most of these are bipartisan. But if you needed another reason to lose faith that our government can help us do anything. Disagree. It's, yeah, I Disagree. know. I know you do. I know because you do. Because I'm all about unity. I think we have so much more in common than we have uh, indifference. I think I think there's there's <laughs> people always- I hurt myself. I think there's people trying, many people trying to drive us apart. But to me, what better faith uh, can you have in your government if they're spending their time on NIL and UFOs? These are the two most important things to me. First off, two things. One, yeah. yeah. There's a movie coming out that ripped off your movie. Which one? Your Proxima B. Oh, good. That's great news. You're really if telling you, me this now. You know, whatever you're about to say now could like devastate me for. Have weeks. you seen trailers for the movie Jules? No. You got to go look it up. It, it's not a furry creature, but it's an alien drops in the back of um, uh, Ben Kingsley's house. Is it a big studio movie? It's not. Uh, I don't think it's like Universal or Warner. I don't know. But it, I mean, I saw a preview for it and it was being advertised at a movie theater. This this potentially is extremely upsetting news to me. Maybe it's really good news. I got a. I thought it was. I was trying to look at it as good. Like maybe there's more 
um, appetite for this kind of thing if it does well? Well, we have three offers on the table for invaders from Proxima Ooh. B. Um, we'll Take wait them to all. See. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes to all of you. Say yes to all. We need a cash, a cash advance from all of you. Yeah. To your point, yes. If it's coming out now, uh, hopefully it does well. Hell, everybody go see it. I can't imagine it's that similar to ours. Um, and it'll just uh, point people in the direction, distributor people like, hey, this made money. Uh, this one that's similar but with a furry creature uh, will also make money. And we should offer Ward and his team more money. It's Ben Kingsley and Jane Curtin is in it and a bunch of other actors that I don't know. I'm trying to, it's coming out on August 11th. Okay. I'm looking for the um, studio information and I can't seem to find that. I don't oh. think it's a major, it, it looks like, I don't know, but it is about an alien that crashes in the backyard of somebody's house and well, he befriends it. It doesn't have your comedy chops at all well uh you know look it's it's basically et right it's it's yes, uh, it's not exactly. exactly a brand new premise but yeah i'm gonna take your your positive approach that this is just gonna prove that there's a market for this um that said i think people are desperate to get to the guest Wow. Like when you started looking up the IMDb on the Ben Kingsley movie, I was like, mm, this is this is we've really tested their patience, but it's a great guest. So I think probably they gave us a little more slack. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. If not, <laughs> somebody will post the time code for when this starts. Let's get to it. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, well, we just can't get any more excited than we are for this guest. He is at the top of the pyramid of Indiana basketball. Uh, I, I could go on and on, but that's Eric's job. Go ahead. You do it. Well, it pains me to say this first thing. He is now sixth all time on the scoring list. That changed, got knocked out of that top five. We'll get into that. You can see the little <laughs> wry smile on his face as he hears that. He, of course, has led Indiana to back-to-back -to -back NCAA tournament appearances for the first time since 2015-16. It's the first time that Indiana has won NCAA tournament games in back-to-back -back seasons since the 11-12 and 12-13 season. He owns a 3-1 and record against Turdue. That's right, Turdue. That's how I pronounce it. And he has nailed recruiting classes ranked in the top 15 in the country the last two seasons Things are very exciting for Indiana University because of what this gentleman and his staff and his players have done. We've had him on before. We're going to keep having him on until he ignores us and puts us on mute. Please welcome the man himself, Coach Mike Woodson. What's up, guys? All right. Well, first, I mean, sixth doesn't sound as good as fifth all-time scoring. We want to say anything about that? No, records are, are meant to be broken. And yeah, that's the cliche. Trace Jackson Davis, I couldn't be more happier for a guy because he didn't have to come back. He came back and he dealt with me for the last two seasons, and uh, we benefited from it. You know, from a basketball standpoint, our, 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 our school benefited from it. I mean, he was incredible these last two years for us, and – now he was rewarded a a contract. 
in the NBA. So I'm I'm very excited about that for him. Your health. It was reported that you had surgery earlier this this offseason. Um, just want to know how you're doing. How are you feeling? Are you back to 100%? You did just send me a picture that makes it look like you're beyond 100%. But uh, how are you feeling? No, I'm feeling pretty good, Eric. I, You know, I mean, I had my knee replaced uh, back in April. Um, had some complications, you know, from uh, the surgery, the medication that was given to me. Uh, but I've rebounded nicely from it. You know, I was able to go through rehab and still recruit and do the things that I needed to do to to uh, build our ball club along with my staff. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good now. I'm not 100%. I'll never be 100%, but the knee is feeling great. I should have did it a long time ago. It, it, has it helped the jump shot? Is the jump shot coming back? No, I mean, that's... That's not the same anymore either, but, you know, I mean, I'll get, I'll get by, you know, with what shots I take here and there. <laughs> what, what about the golf game? How's the golf game with the terrible? <laughs> it's, no, really it's hurt my golf game. Well, at least you got something to blame it on now. <laughs> I was playing better before I had the knee surgery. So, but I hadn't been able to play much anyway. I'm still, you know, trying to strengthen the leg and, uh, it's coming along nicely, though. I'm I'm pleased in terms of where I am right now. Great. All right, Ward, Coach, go for it. Coach, this uh, summer, you know, it, it seems like there's no offseason anymore in college basketball. Um, but you did get to see not only Trace Jackson Davis, but Jalen Hood Shafino come through um, on draft night, both go to storied franchises. Could you just take us through that night from your perspective, the the experience there in the green room with Jalen, and just what it means to you, not only as a coach, but as a mentor to these young men to see these dreams now launched? Well, it was a big, it was a big day for our program. Uh, you know, that, that was the first time that I had an opportunity to, to attend you know, New York, New Jersey, where they had the draft. You know, when I got drafted, I stayed here in Bloomington and I watched it uh, unveil on TV and and got my uh, marching orders uh, on TV. And to be there in person and be able to sit with Jalen and his family and go through that experience was unbelievable. But I was blown away and shocked uh, that Trace ended up going 57. I mean, I I struggle sitting there watching the draft board and 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 him being passed by pick after pick. And you know, I was on the phone constantly, you know, calling him and trying to get some input on where he was going to go. And and finally, he was picked 57, and he could not have picked a better team to go to in the Warriors in terms of the style of play and how they play, uh, I think he's going to fit right in. So, you know, I had an opportunity to go out to Vegas and watch them both play. And I thought they, they played well. And, and, you know, as <clears throat> camp comes around and, and they get more familiar with the NBA style, they're going to be just fine. I think. Coach, what is it like? Um, we've heard that, you know, the NBA draft process, same with the NFL, 
there's so many people doing so much due diligence. They call family members, they call trainers, they call anybody they can to find out about these kids as much as they can. What was your role this season? I would imagine you got a lot of phone calls from various organizations. What are those phone calls like? What are they trying to get at that they can't see by just watching game film? Well, you know, they know I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lie about the player. I mean, and, uh, a lot of times they try to go behind the, the head coach just to see if somebody would say something differently. And I get that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of money involved when you drafting these players. You got to make sure that you draft the right player and 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 that he comes in and, and contributes and help you, you know, win. Uh, and I get that part of it, but uh it's a lot of it's 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 a lot of background checks on these kids. Uh, where these franchises try to learn as much as they can what they do off the floor and as well as on the floor. And, you know, I just had two really good kids that just did everything the right way on and off the floor and was never a problem. And and that's kind of what I told, you know, the guys that were teams that were recruiting both the guys that we had and, you know, it didn't hurt us that we had Pro Day where we invited, you know, the whole NBA world to Bloomington to watch practice. And they got a glimpse up close, you know, what the two players that ended up getting drafted looked like. And uh, and they continued to follow them throughout the season. You know, we got calls periodically uh, throughout the season about both of the guys and um, – they landed on their feet, man. I mean, Jalen going to the Lakers, he couldn't have asked for a better place because, you know, I don't think that they'll expect him to come in and 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 blow it out of the water right away. You know, you got LeBron and a, a veteran crew around him that they can be patient and and long as he comes and and he be he, he, he's a sponge and and he works his butt off and do what's asked of him on and off the court. Hell, he's going to be just fine, I think. Both of both of these guys will be, I think. Now, Coach, when when the hire of you was announced and all of Hoosier Nation rejoiced, there were so many reasons we were so happy you were coming back to Bloomington. But, of course, one of uh, the reasons put out there was Coach Woodson and his extensive experience as a player and a coach in the NBA for decades, that is going to be such a great pitch to recruits. And the recruiting has been excellent. But as it's progressed this summer after the draft, now that you've actually done what you've been talking about for the last couple of years, you talk to these young men and you say, we'll get you ready to get to the next level. Have you seen that advantage you already had uh the conversations just changed to like well this isn't what we're going to do this is now what what we've now done do you do you have a different conversation with recruits because now you have Jalen on the Lakers and Trace on the Warriors well it helps you know when you get two guys drafted uh with your recruiting process um but I like to think you know when we came in the door you know, my staff has been great, you know, in terms of the support that they've given me and being able to go out and put me in front of a lot of great talent. And, you know, Jalen was one of the first guys that I saw early on. And um, I was so gun ho on getting him in an uh, a Indiana uniform that 
you know, my coaches were like, well, what do you, you know, we got a long way to go this summer, man. You, you, and a lot of players to, to, to watch, you know, but I really liked Jalen and what I saw. And we were luckily, uh, we, we got him, you know I mean? Where probably a lot of teams didn't think that that was going to happen. He, he chose Indiana and he benefited from it. And then we did too, from a, a ball, ball club standpoint. So, uh, but it helps to have two guys to get drafted in your program because now when you're recruiting players, you know, that play like Jalen's position or plays the same position Trace played, it it, it helps you tremendously. Now, that's, not, that's still not to say that you're going to get them. I mean, but they are they are curious. And my I've always felt if I could get them on campus – and, and get them around our environment, um, we got a good chance of closing the deal. And, you know, we've been able to do something, something pretty special in terms of getting good players in this summer. Absolutely. And we want to get into that. But I, I want to ask you a, a broader question about recruiting. Obviously, direct college recruiting is not something you had done before you came to Indiana. It's a process you've had to learn and, and you've done amazingly well as somebody who had not done it before, but can you speak to, obviously you want guys who can make buckets and who have good size and all that. That's easy. But what does Mike Woodson look for in a recruit? Are there some things that jump out to you that make it a Mike Woodson type player what what are you looking for well I look at the talent uh you know and I'm evaluating young men on the on the basketball floor I'm not looking to see it you know it helps that you can if you can stick the the ball in the hole but I look at your presence on the floor and how you conduct yourself how how you can enhance the game and make you know people around you better you know that's what attracted me to Fino, I mean, he did a lot of good things, but his demeanor, you know, he didn't get rattled, you know, during games. I mean, I look at all those different things, and I'm sure other coaches do the same thing. Um, I look at size. I look at, you know, athleticism. I mean, there's a lot of things that come into being a, a Mike Woodson basketball. And then once I get you in front of me, you know, I – I got to evaluate what you say and, and how you're thinking. And, you know, are you, are you willing to come here and be a, a good teammate and be a good person on and off the floor and go to class and do your classwork? You know, you don't know those things until they actually get, get here, but you got a sense of when you're recruiting these men, who's real and who's not real. And, you know, there's guys that I've, that I've recruited, that I walk away and I'll tell Kenyon and Yah and, and Brian that he's not for us, he, you know, and, and there's no knock against the kid. It's just, it's my gut feeling. And sometimes my gut feeling, I fell, you know, there's been some players that got away that, you know, I said, Hey, let's move on to another player that turned out to be pretty good. So, I mean, it's, it's a part of recruiting, uh, but I'm pretty pleased, you know, the, all the things we've done this summer to recruit the guys that we got in uniform this summer, I'm, I'm pretty happy about now only time will tell from a basketball standpoint where we go as a ball club based on how quickly these guys pick up things and they learn. 
you you said you've made some mistakes. I wonder for you personally or you and your staff as you've been figuring out how this is going to best work over a couple of seasons, which is not a lot of time, particularly with you not having been in the college game for 40 years. What do you think the thing is you've learned the most about how to effectively recruit from the time you showed up to to today? Just, you know, the communicate. I've always been able to communicate with people. Uh, and that's that's a big key to recruiting because uh, you, you're dealing with so many you know, moving pieces. I mean, you know, the parents, you got the AAU coaches, the high school coach, maybe some relatives. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of moving pieces. And I've tried over the two years to kind of narrow that, that process down where I'm not dealing with so many people. You know what I mean? I want to deal with the parents. You know, that's who I want to deal with. If I got to talk to an AAU coach, I'll deal with that. But I'm not going beyond that. You know, I mean, I think between those three, somebody can come up and make the, uh, a final decision on what the kid is going to do and not do. And, you know, I want a kid when he comes here to feel good about, you know, the process in terms of how we've recruited him. and. I want him to want to be here. You know, I don't want to beg a kid to come. If I got to do that, then you got to go somewhere else. I want you, you to meet me halfway and say, hey, coach, this is the place I think I can come and 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 be successful and help you win basketball games. So that to me, that's what it's all about. So I want to take that. I love I love that answer. And I want to apply it to this summer and somebody specifically like let's take Mackenzie and Baco as an example, because what's interesting is you didn't have a lot of time to get to know him. He's not a kid you recruited last year and, and he just decided to go somewhere else. He's a kid that had committed to Duke pretty early and then decommitted. And then it was warp speed, how quickly that went. And there's a bunch of schools that are doing what you're trying to do. So you don't get an unofficial visit and then an official visit. And you don't get to know his family as well as I think you would have with a kid that you recruit for a couple of years. How were you able to, to insert yourself in that recruitment so quickly? One, know that he's a kid that you want, that he's got the intangibles that you want. And two, rise to the top of a very competitive landscape for a kid like that who's a top 10 talent. I think it was meant to be, Eric, and I truly, and I don't mean this in a braggadocious way. Um, when he decided not to go to Duke, you know, I got the news. I'm laying in the bed with my wife, and this was about 9.30, and, and my wife's phone beeps from a social media standpoint, and she says, well, Woody, you know this kid that was going to Duke is going into the uh, portal. And I was like, well, who, who in the hell is that? And he, she, <laughs> she said, McKenzie. And so I said, okay, well, I'll, you know, I mean, it's late in the evening. I said, well, I'll get Kenyon and, and y'all on it tomorrow and we'll see where we are. Well, around 1130, my phone beeps. And it's Mackenzie's mother. Now, how she got my number, I don't know <laughs> this day. No, I'm I'm serious about yeah. that. But 
she texts me and she says, before I do anything with my kid, I've heard so much about you. I have to meet you. Hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting here reading. It's like, wow. You know, so I text her back and said, well, we can make that happen. If you really want to meet me, I want to meet you. And Mackenzie, when can you come to Bloomington? And when he came, he never left. Wow. So um, that is unusual, right? No, it is. (laughs) No, it is unusual. And, you know, when he got here, you know, I was, you know, I lost 20 pounds, man, from surgery. And I wasn't real healthy at the time. And, you know, I told y'all, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to put a suit on to get this kid. And I've never worn a suit on a recruiting trip, but I put a suit on. Yes. And it was, it it won, it won me over, man. You know, it won them over, I guess, so to speak, because they were impressed. And I was impressed with mom and dad and, and he never left. You know, he made the decision two weeks, you know, probably a week later, I think it was 10 days later, he made the decision to come. But I felt good when he left here that he was coming back. I really did. Awesome. Well, we, we had the chance to have Mackenzie on for an hour. And the impression he makes is immediate and strong. This is a serious young man who is very yeah. focused on what he wants to accomplish. I wonder... Um, what have you seen uh, from him on and off the court since he got to Bloomington to even further inform your opinion on him? He's been on the floor. You know, I don't see much of him off the floor. I mean, he spends a lot of time in the gym. All these guys have done that. You know, we've gone through our eight-week program, and, you know, I look back over the last two years, and it was – you know, miss and hit with some of the guys, you know, I have to, you know, get on guys to, you know, to get into the gym and it hadn't been that way with this group of guys, you know, they have spent eight weeks working and that's good for our program because I mean, it helps speed the process up. And even though I get four hours a week with them, you know, I've tried to give them their space in terms of letting them be themselves and and bond together on the court so they're not hearing so much from me. And after they come back after this break, then it gets for real. And and I'll spend more time and, and do what I need to do from a coaching standpoint along with my staff to get them ready for the upcoming season. How much of what you just talked about, the the personality of the team, that this is a team that wants to work, it's interesting. I, I think about your point guards. You have a sixth-year senior in Xavier who is as serious of a dude as you can be, and I think I think you have done an amazing job helping him mature because I think he would admit that he had room to mature when he came to Indiana, and he knows this is it for him. He has to treat this professionally, and and he has a seriousness to him that I don't think he even had two years ago. But you have that on one end, and then you have Gabe Cups coming in as a wet-behind-the-ears freshman who we know is a gym rat who takes it very seriously. And you kind of have it from both sides now. You've got a freshman who wants to live in the gym and a senior who's got the voice to lead everybody and say, 
and, and hold everybody accountable. Can you just kind of talk about uh, Gabe and Xavier and that and that dichotomy? Well, you know, X, you know, X is hungry, man. I mean, and I get it. You know, he gets hurt last season and, and you know, nobody expects, you know, when you go into a senior year, you know, you, you blowing and going, man, and, and hoping that everything goes according to plan. And it didn't for him. And my advice to him, because I went through it, I was able to come back. But you can't never lose focus, man. You got to keep your head up and moving in the right direction. And and that's all I could tell him at the time. I mean, I, you know, he had probably never really been that seriously hurt in his career. And now he's looking at not playing and not even knowing if he can come back for this upcoming season. So it had to be mentally tough on him. So he's a hungry young man right now, which I get it. And and we need him to be hungry and and, and lead. On and on the flip side of that, Gabe is just he's just a gym rat, you know, that that's trying to learn very quickly on the fly. Um and he knows how to play. He's not gonna hurt you, you know, when he gets into the game. So from that regard, I mean, that's what I liked about him when I was recruiting him, you know, the last two years. So uh, and, and we finally, you know, got him in a Indiana uniform, and I think he's going to be fine for us. But I like all of our guys, Eric, that we've that we've uh, fielded this summer. Uh, and yes, we got a long way to go. I think when you add that many pieces to your team, it's how quickly they pick up things, sure. and and how hard they're willing to go and be pushed because. You know, I mean, I'm going to push them. I mean, that's just my nature in terms of how I coach. And, um, you know, some days it's not going to be fun for them, and some days it will be fun. And uh, right now it's fun for them because I'm not around all the time, you know, watching them. You know, I watch it on tape when we film them and things of that nature, but I'm trying to let them find it their way as a team by themselves right now. And eventually, you know, it'd be my, 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 my time to get a piece of them. So me and the staff. Well, coach, you alluded to this high turnover. I mean, you've got so many new faces, both freshmen, uh, guys from the portal. And I think it's, it's been talked about a lot that when you have Trace and Trace Jackson Davis on your team, the ball gets to trace and, and you kind of figure it out from there. But now, even if it's just four hours a week, um, what you're hearing, what you're seeing uh, is, is a lot of your time spent um, or, or how is your time spent figuring how this team this year is going to play? Because I think we all feel it's, it's going to look really different no matter what. It is. It will be different. Uh, than the last two years because our focus the last two years we got traced the ball because that's where you know that's where we were good at I mean and he became so good it wasn't just getting him the ball on the block hell he had the ball out on the wing up up on the elbows you know I mean he did a lot of things he initiated the break when he rebounded the ball uh, but we have enough talent now you know, I, I, I'm trying to build this team a little bit like we did in New York, where we got different pieces coming at you, where you just can't focus in on 
one or two people. And uh, if I can get our guys to understand that, you know, it might be big wears night one night and uh, X's night the next night. I mean, or McKenzie, it might be his night where they all buy in and understand that it can be anybody's night if you're willing to put in the work and not be selfish and do the things that's necessary to win on both ends of the floor, especially the defensive end and rebounding the ball. That's where we excelled, I think, the last two years. Um, and that's got to be a given this year. But offensively, I just think we can play a little bit more openly and still post the ball some with Malik and Ware and, and Big Peyton. Um, but I just think we've got enough out of the perimeter to do a, some different things this season. You brought up Khalil, and I want to ask you about him. We had him on the podcast, too, and I feel like this is a kid who is misunderstood. Uh, I think he's a quiet kid, you know, who maybe isn't the best at articulating how he's feeling, and I think that hurt him probably at Oregon. And when we talk to him about Oregon and that experience, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder because he knows what people said about him. He knows what was said about him in public, and he wants to prove a lot of people wrong. You're a guy who coaches even people like Trace Jackson Davis, very hard. Um, how has it, what did you see in Khalil that let you know this is a kid that you can help? Well, I mean, he's very talented, man. I mean, you know, if you sat here for eight week, weeks and watched him play, he can do a lot of things on the basketball floor, and I got to get that out of him. Uh, you know, I'm constantly, when I'm on him, I'm like, this ain't Oregon, and there's no knock against the coach there in that program. You know, you want to be a basketball player, you chose to come to play at Indiana for Coach Woodson and his staff. You know, there's there's a different degree of work and how willing and how hard you're willing to play uh, that we demand. and. Early on, you know, I I wasn't seeing it, but as of late, he's been playing pretty good. You know, he got hurt yeah, his first practice, and, hell, he had to sit for almost three weeks to a month before we actually got him back out on the floor. But he's been playing extremely well now, and he's picked up weight. Uh, I think he's put on about 18 to 20 pounds. Wow, wow. Since we, we, we've gotten him here, and um, – I mean, he's got a chance to be pretty good. He really does. And, you know, I tell him all the time, you can't worry about, you know, what people, the media, what people say about you. And only way to fix it is you got to be the guy to fix it, to make them all the naysayers go away. You know, you got to go out and play your butt off every night and, and all of that will go out the door. You know, if you do that and we win, you know, I mean, they're not going to remember what happened at Oregon. It's all about what you're doing here at Indiana now. Let's talk about uh, a player who both from a positional standpoint and leadership standpoint, I think it already made a huge leap last year. And, and you know, if you could talk about that and what you're seeing and expecting from this his senior year in Gallo. I tell you, Gallo's been probably the best player in the gym right now. Um, and, you know, I mean, in terms of shooting the ball, defend, I mean, he's done a lot of good things. And 
uh, as it stands right now, he's earned the starting job for our ball club. Um, uh, but, you know, again, I'm not just giving minutes and start positions away. You got to go and earn it. And I think he's done that so far. Uh, we just got to keep him healthy and keep him on track to continue to grow as a player because he's going to have to help lead this year because, you know, we're so young, um, especially in that position. I mean, CJ's the sophomore now, and Ja'Kai Newton has been hurt. So I don't know where he where we stand with him this season. Um, so we're a little thin, you know, you might have to move McKenzie over some and, and, and Caleb, uh, Banks, you know, to two and three for sure. Three with those two guys. And so I'm going to have to mix and match based on who's doing what, but Gallo's been great, man, this summer. He really has been. You, you talked about being thin there. You're obviously uh, right now, I think you, you're at 12 scholarship players. You have that open scholarship. Is there a chance that you add somebody late here um, to fill out the roster? Well, we're looking, you know, um, I mean, we're trying to, you know, it's not easy finding, you know, people at this stage of the game. Right. Uh, because everybody's pretty much of, the good players have already joined ball clubs and um, but something could, you never know, could fall through the crack and, and we might get a shot at it. But if not, you know, I've always said that you got to go with what you got. And I do think we have enough to, to win this year. And um, again, it's how quickly they pick up things and, and, and how hard they go at it. You know, I mean, that's that's going to be on me in terms of pushing them in that direction, and I feel pretty good about that. One follow-up just to roster construction as an overall question. I think one of the biggest conversations happening in college basketball right now is the transfer portal, how that has changed recruiting and roster construction overall. I mean, look, you lost three players this year, you know, in, in Logan and Tamar and Jordan. And that's never fun to lose guys that you put a, a big investment in. Um, and you've benefited, you know, obviously Khalil transferred over and we got Miller cop through transfer and Xavier Johnson through transfer. Where is your head at right now with how much focus you put on high school recruiting versus waiting for transfers that may be a little bit older and have a little bit more information on because they already played at the division one level. High school is still important. You know, I made my rounds this year, this summer, uh, watching these high school players, and they've got all of them have gotten so much better. Hmm. You know, I think back to the top 100 and the peach jam over the last few years, and the, the talent level this summer was incredible. You know, because a lot of these young guys that we've been looking at have gotten much better. And then some of the other guys that we weren't looking at have gotten better. That has enticed us to to recruit them now as well. So, no, high school is still important. But the portal is what it is. Listen, guys, every season your team is going to change. There are going to be some disgruntled players that want to leave. I mean, that's just a part of it. I mean, we can't get around it. Um, so it's going to cause you to have to go in the portal and find players like we had to do this summer. Um, so, I mean, it's, 
it's a big part of the college sports now. And you gotta, you gotta play the game just like, you know, just like the player. I mean, when a player spends time with you and they tell you that they want out, you know, you might sit there and try to beg them to stay, but you know, I mean, I don't want a player that tells me he wants to leave. I mean, if you want to leave, man, then I wish you nothing but the best. And then now I got to go and figure out my next move in terms of trying to fill a roster spot. So uh, that's what college sports is is going to become more and more. And we're just going to have to learn to deal with it and 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 try to build your team that way. But high school is still going to be important, I think. So to just jump back, when you came to Bloomington, you said Indiana's getting back to the top, and part of that is playing the other top programs in the country, whether it's North Carolina coming to Bloomington or the Hoosiers going to Kansas. um, Can you talk about what it was just like only in season two to now be going mano y mano versus these blue bloods, whether in win or loss, um, just – how important that is for you, not only as a as a Hoosier legend, but as the current IU head coach for those games to be being played in front of a national audience. It's huge for your program. That's what college basketball fans want to see, man. They don't, you know, they don't want to see you playing the, you know, little what we call tiddlywinks, small schools all the time. You know, they want to see you playing the Carolinas, the Kentuckys. I think we will get Kentucky back in play here soon. Uh, Kansas, you know, was an eye-opener for us last season going there. You know, I mean, they treated us like we didn't even belong. And mm-hmm. same with Arizona. So, I mean, we've played some some great talent. We played great at home against Carolina. And then once you get to the Big Ten, the Big Ten is what it is, man. There's no nights off in the Big Ten. So um, I'm happy and pleased with our scheduling of the last two seasons. Um, And our team has, you know, been very competitive the last two seasons. I mean, we haven't gotten where we want to get yet in terms of winning a Big Ten title and a national title. I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal, man, for – for our program to be back on top winning big 10 titles and national titles. So that's all I think about every day that I go to bed and wake up uh, with, with our program, man, because I think we, we belong in the conversation we used to be. And, you know, I want to make sure that when teams play Indiana, that, that they know that they're going to be in for a ball game and, and we got a chance to win. That's what it's all about. I think. So, you played at the highest levels at Indiana and in the NBA. You've coached at the highest levels in the NBA and now leading a blue blood Indiana University program. So you're the best person to ask this question. What feels better, beating Purdue at home or beating them at Mackey? Well, again, I told you guys last season, I've never won in Purdue. Yeah, That's how dominant they were back in the day. And they struggled to win here. So, I mean, to be able to go to Purdue – and win a big game like we did last season was for me, it was unbelievable because it never happened. Um, you know, my thing is we supposed to beat them here at home. We supposed to beat everybody that comes into Bloomington. That's how I feel. Uh, and then try to figure it out when you get out on the road, but uh, Purdue's going to be right there knocking at the door again this season based on their personnel and bringing big Edie back. 
Uh, so we'll have our hands full again, you know, and not just with Purdue, but the Big Ten is loaded, you know. So it is. get ready. We got we got to get our ball club ready. You know, Coach, before we let you go, you know, fans love rankings. Rankings are important to fans. There is a ranking that came out recently that I want to get your opinion on. It was released by something called the CBK Report, and it is the best-dressed college basketball coaches. You come in at number three on the list, pretty high, but Jerry Stackhouse and Rick Pitino are outranking you. You are in front of Penny Hardaway, which is good, but can we expect you to maybe add something to the repertoire this year to overtake Pitino and Stackhouse, or do you think the rankings are bullshit? I don't care about any rankings or what I, I know I can't go back to wearing uh gym gear on no. the sideline. <laughs> you can't. I I'll love get, that you wear hey, a suit. Baby, I'll get crushed for that, but no, I just think it's more professional to have our guys in suits. And um I'm not trying to compete for who's the best dressed man. I just want to win basketball games. That's what it's about. That's fair. I do think we need to have a conversation. I think Yago sockless. Sometimes I don't like the no sock look. That's he, weird. I better not catch you without with socks. He better have socks on. I didn't know that. So you just got him <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> you just got him in trouble. <laughs> All right, Coach Award. You got one more uh, before we get out of here. Yeah, I just want for at least one game that the entire coaching staff is in turtlenecks. Yes. No, no, that won't happen. <laughs> Shirt and tie. Shirt and tie. I like Shirt it. Coach, you know we love you. Um, three weeks from now, a little over three weeks, we're going to be there for the Hoosier Fantasy Weekend, which includes the fantasy camp, the golf outing that you're participating in, uh, the Fan Fest. Can you just give us give us a minute on on what that weekend means to, to IU fans and, and give us a shameless plug to get people to buy tickets for the Fan Fest? Well, it, it's, it's big for not only our program, but it gives – it gives guys an opportunity to come in and compete. If you're competitive, I mean, it was so much fun last season. It was a buzzer beater. Yep. Yeah. Coming down the stretch of the, the championship game, which was incredible. I mean, guys are rolling around on the floor, but it's a good time. It's a good ex- experience. Um, the golf outing was great that, that you guys put on. And uh, it gives you an opportunity to network and, do something that you enjoy doing and, and playing basketball. Unfortunately, I can't play anymore, but to see guys my age out there playing basketball, it's it's incredible. And that can still play a little bit. Well, and, uh, and coach, I could never play, but yet they still let me out there. So it's the, really the bar is very low. No, but no, it's it's a good time, man. I mean, I was shocked at the people that, that come out and, and, you know, we're asking, any and everybody that want to participate to come and be a part of a good, a good weekend, man, because it's a lot of fun. I was just going to say about it. It's, it's for NIL. And I think it really yeah. helps to hear from you how important NIL is in this day and age and that every penny from this thing is going to the players. Well, again, it's NIL is not going anywhere. Fans, you know, I mean, supporters, I mean, because, it's a big part of college sports. Um, so, you know, our program, our athletic program, we need as much as we can, you know, to 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 help recruit and, and, and get top talent in. I mean, and uh, I never thought I would be saying that 
saying that in, in, in the college game, but it's, it's real, man. I mean, NIL is a big piece to the puzzle in terms of how you recruit and, and how you build your program. And, you know, we got a lot of great programs here uh, in, in, at Indiana university and uh, our basketball program is, is, is heading the right direction, but we need NIL money to, to keep it afloat and keep it going. All right, coach, we love you. We're going to tweet out that picture you sent us that shows you're in fighting shape. Man, like I didn't it. Send you, what picture? I didn't send you any picture. <laughs> somebody else must have sent oh, you a picture. Somebody else sent That's it. That's me, yeah. That's all right. Coach, uh, really happy that you're feeling good. You're yeah, back to good you. health. Keep thank that going, so and we're looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks. See you in a few weeks. Safe travel when you get here, okay? All right. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. That was a guest. That was a guest. You know, he's always the coolest guy in the room, especially when the room includes us two and him. But he's always Mr. Relaxed and comfortable in his own skin. But I feel like he is more settled into being the Indiana head coach and the process and what and how he wants the process to work for what he feels and knows he's good at than at any point that we've ever been able to talk to him. And we've talked to him several times. I just feel like he has a much better handle on, I mean, recruiting specifically and what his role is. And I thought he was just really honest about like, I don't want to talk to 20 people in, in recruiting a, a prospect. I want to narrow it down. I want to talk to the parents. That's who I want to talk to and the kid. And look, people can critique that if they want, but I like that he's got a, this is how I'm going to do it. Like we're going to succeed doing it the way I want to do it or we're not, but it's going to be on me and my decision. I just felt like he has is owning the job more than at any time that we've talked to him before. Yeah. You have in any job um, a settling in period. And even though he came from this university, he spent decades elsewhere. He came back to a landscape that, has changed so much, especially the business of basketball and basketball recruiting. And I think it's interesting that he's, he's here two years into it, got it back to what coach Knight was about. Who is this player, both as a talent, as a human being. And I want to talk to the parents yeah. and, and that the parents who would really respond to coach Knight and now in a very different era to coach Woodson, who's a very different human being. Inevitably, you know, it's, it's the parents and the kid, and there's a connection all there with coach Woodson and the staff to find out who's going to be a good fit. And that while everything's changed, everything's the same. And you're getting yeah. back down to the basics of what's most important, blocking out a lot of the noise and a lot of the business and, and, you know, I think he has a wonderful support staff that all together they figured it out with him. And now they're a really, 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 really well-oiled machine. And we've already seen the results in terms of some huge commitments thus far. But now that the potential uh, commitments are higher than they've ever been, I think there's no reason to think that the gravy train won't keep a rolling and hopefully even at a higher clip of success because the, the, they're getting more at bats. And, and it needs to work at a higher level of success. I mean, even he said it, we are not where we want to be. 
The ultimate goal is Big Ten championships and national championship. Like, that's the ultimate goal. So I think he knows, like, we've done well, but we have to continue to do better. And I think he, I mean, clearly is more impressed with the high school talent that he saw this summer than he has been in the past. You know, and I know there's been a lot of talk on message boards about Woody maybe being too critical of players and passing on guys, but the guy knows basketball. He knows what he wants. But I also, you know, you have to calibrate it for a guy who is coming up and seeing just like he was probably looking at tape of the very best college players to see if they would work at the pro level. And then at the summer league uh, for the NBA level for decades. And so now he's had two, three cycles to look at high school guys and really be able to compare and 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 calibrate that to where they are in that stage of development, which he hadn't really seen for such a long time and be like, oh, okay, this is where these guys are at. And now I can really identify the guys who stand out from their peers. Yeah. And look, I'd rather have a guy that's erring on the side of the bar being too high than erring on the side of the bar being too low. Like I, I I'm fine with with that approach i loved some big takeaways one the story of uh mckenzie's uh, how that recruitment started is sensational love that him putting on a suit like i look i don't want to get lost in it but those little details you know i've always said this about most things like like in my tv shows i say this everything matters Everything matters. Like you don't know where you're going to gain the edge. So everything matters. Um, And he wanted to put on a suit because he's like, I really want this kid. And I'm going to do something different to stand out to this kid and his family. And, and what a suit means to Woody. And you heard him say it like, I want to be more professional than gym clothes, right? Like that's, I want my guys wearing those things because it's more professional. And I think he w- clearly wanted to show that to McKenzie and his family. I'm treating this professionally, importantly. And who knows what that did? But but it. I just love that he's even thinking about where in the margins can I gain an edge? What can I do a little differently here for this one? I love that story. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's not only we've identified McKenzie very quickly as a pro, you know, he's in college right now, but he's a professional and he, and inevitably his family has that mentality and approach. So that Woody, whether instinctual, subconsciously, consciously was like, Oh, this will give that impression. But then also the actor in me, it's so important to put on the clothes. It really makes you feel different and the way you present and come across. So it affects your performance as well. And, you know, whether that's maybe there's a family and it's all more laid back and chill and he goes that way, or if he sticks with this, it to me, it just shows um, he has an instinct on how to get this done. And I will say, I think what's been reported more he didn't speak to it specifically maybe sort of indicated it here is that you read in these interviews that rabbi or other folks are doing with some of these top recruits and we're hearing more now this summer about these players hearing directly from woody than we were in the past and i think that is is part of his evolution of realizing you know 
Uh, I I'll reach out to him. I'll call him. I'll check in on him. One, I think that helps him further determine this is a guy he really wants to invest in. But we know these kids, their families, that's really important to them, too. Well, look, you asked the question, what was the thing that he's learned the most? And his answer was communication, right? Yep. Like that's mm-hmm. the answer he went into. And then that that broadened out into who I don't want to communicate with. But it also narrowed to who he does want to communicate to and who he knows is important to communicate to. So I loved that. I loved um, it was a, a little moment, but in him talking about what kind of recruit he wants. And it goes back to what you were saying about how the more things change, the more they stay the same he really looks at the mental approach. Like he, he talked about, I want to hear how this kid communicates with me. And is he going to be able to think his way through some things? And I think that's clearly important. And and I like that he was self-aware to say, sometimes I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I pass on a kid and the kid ends up being really good. So I, I like that, that kind of humility on, on that stretch, but I, I loved I, how we talked about this team and the work ethic of this team that he's seeing now and how that wasn't always the case in his first two years. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And, and, you know, not to throw anybody who was there previously under the bus uh, in terms of that, but we are now truly seeing Woody's team. And, and of course, Gallo and Leo, you know, it's, it's not that there aren't uh, a few people there that he didn't bring in himself, but at this point, anybody who's still there is now fully one of coach Woodson's players through and through. If, if they had been there before and it wasn't the right fit and they weren't going to acclimate to to the team he envisions, the program he's building, they would have left by now. They have left by now. So now we're looking at um, anybody in that locker room is 100% Woodson approved in the sense of not, not just, hey, you're my team now and I'm going to uh, adopt you all and mold you as I can. This is now really... Um, season three, we'll see. And and look, Trace was so good. And and Coach Woody got him even better than he already was. But ultimately, it was still um, one of the ingredients in the kitchen. And man, did he make a tasty souffle out of that. But now we're looking at what dish he wants to cook up. Oh, my God. We're just, wow. You just, <laughs> you, oh, man. I'm you, not saying you, it was great, but I didn't stumble at all. I just really no, no, committed no. to you it and brought it, it home. Out. You rolled it out and you <laughs> saw it through and just dove into it with with both feet. I mean, it was, uh, it was great. It was great. Head first dive into the food metaphors. I liked it. Um, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed this conversation with him. Um, and, and I just love his comfort level with where he's at with the program, what he wants from the program. And to your point about Woody players, the truth is only Gallo is a player who plays for this team minutes that matter that he didn't recruit. He's the only and, one. And talk about standout comments. Best player in the gym right now. Holy hell. Like that, he didn't mince words. Earned his starting spot. Like he did not mince words there. I also love the honesty about Khalil Mm -hmm. that at the beginning he wasn't seeing it, but now he's getting it, you know, and he's on him. And I love this ain't Oregon. I love it. I love it. I don't care 
that like oh you know no shot no no shade on oregon yeah it's a lot of shade on oregon but i like it like you want to play here you're going to get coached hard and there's a standard that we expect and he's setting it and you know guys like xavier are setting it and holding the players accountable as well and the fact that he has seen an evolution in that uh in just these you know six to eight weeks or so is awesome i love that well and i you wonder the mentality of a player, how much can it change? You know, are they are what they are, or can you really develop a motor or an intensity? And I think we saw, we all know Trace is just like, he's a really great, nice guy. Um, but to see the way he protected that rim last season, you know, there was just a ferocity there um, that, with somebody like Khalil coming in, it's like, well, is there, is there, you know, we've heard about what happened in Oregon. Um, I, I just, I'm reassured that coach Woodson has a way about him to reach into these kids and bring out not only their, their, their skills, but also a mentality that is required to not only compete, but to win at the highest level. And look, there's been some some misses. I mean, Tamar Bates was a miss. You know, it didn't happen. The 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 switch never got flipped with Tamar at Indiana. And that sucks. But I think about, like you said, we're going into the third year. Think about Xavier Johnson last half of the first year with Woody, you know, and really last third, into the beginning of last year before he got hurt. He was a different player than we saw at the beginning. Trey Galloway was a different player last year and, and a different role even. I mean, Woody has trusted him. That floater is a big part of, of the offense, and, and he clearly trusts him. And Trace's evolution from, again, that last third of his first season with Woody through all of the Big Ten tournament, obviously, the NCAA tournament, and then last year, I mean, the, they were remarkable evolutions for those players that and and it feels like it's continuing with with Gallo and I'm excited to see X as the unquestioned leader and I'm excited to see year two of Malik and I'm excited to see what he's able to do with Khalil and it's never just a straight line up right like there are going to be some bumps sure but but I feel like we are seeing enough over the course of time to get us excited about seeing improvement which is all you want and we lost a ton from last year, a ton. So it's going to be a while for this team to find itself, but I'm excited for the trajectory. Yeah, and speaking of, you know, Jalen had some real off nights or uh, parts of his nights were off and yeah, then sure. he delivered when it came through. But ultimately, you were speaking to player development and Jalen wasn't supposed to be in college for one year. That was supposed no. to be a couple-year process. So even... Uh, whether it be over two, three, four seasons with a player or in one season to see uh, an improvement from what was projected to the actual result on the court to scoring 35 points on the road against Purdue speaks a lot to what Coach Woodson and the staff is doing. And, uh, you know, I think there's no better example, I grudgingly admit, uh, than Coach Izzo of a guy who lets his team just kind of 
find its way and helps them find its way early on with early struggles. And look, we, we had that. We, we, we got whipped by Arizona and Kansas. We lost a bunch of games after X went down in the Big Ten. Uh, the sky was falling. Chicken Little was everywhere, present company included. And, and then they really came together and, and turned it into the best season Indiana's had in more years than we'd like to admit. So uh, I think we, we do need to stress patience early on in this season with so many new pieces and to have some faith get ourselves into January and February before we really know how this team is going to gel because it's essentially 50-60% of a new team. I agree. Let's do it again next week. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I, but the sometimes why the best one. Maybe we just use that every time. I think it's a good go to, um, well, especially I mean, when I forget when I obviously forget. we can't loot use last week's because you for, forgot without me. It doesn't matter if I'm here or not. Um, but yeah, I'll just put that in the, the, often frequent used folder um, for whenever you forget, at least we'll have that one to drop in. Oh, one more thing I wanted to follow up on because it's been, we broke a little news last week when you weren't on with the Jakai interview. Yeah. Where he talked about the seriousness of the injury and said it was a microfracture surgery, which has not been reported by anybody until he said it. And I think Woody through how he talked about Jakai basically is telling everybody like, we just don't know where we're at with him. And I don't yeah. think there's any expectation of him to even play this year. Um, obviously the knee surgery and the knee injury was more serious than anybody knew. And there's been even more rumblings over the last week since our interview that they just don't know. And they're doing more tests and who knows where he's at, but there is not an expectation of him to be a factor this season. Yeah, and as disappointing as that is, even more for Jakai than it is for us, hearing him talk about it last week, uh, it's just like, oh, my goodness, please take all the time you need, Indiana training staff, medical staff, Jakai, um, to really, really get this fixed right for the long haul because – him coming back like he did in high school or even just, you know, getting trying to get ready uh, for the season. It's clearly still very vulnerable. So um, we'd much rather have him healthy for many seasons to come than to come in and and maybe contribute a little bit this season. I think even when fully healthy, most freshmen, you don't have a huge expectation for. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, let's just, let's just all put out the best vibes possible for that need to be good for the long haul. See you next week. Probably. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.